0: Right now, our Valentine's Day sale is live. Make sure you visit the website to take advantage of 20% off of all of Dr. Jennifer's online courses with additional discounts when you purchase more than one course. If you would prefer to receive instruction live from Dr. Fife and interact with her, then you can visit our website to purchase tickets for the live retreats that Jennifer is holding in September in Oregon. She will be hosting an Art of Desire Retreat, Art of Loving Retreat, And multiple retreats for couples. All of that information can be found on our website, which is linked in the show notes below. The following podcast is an excerpt from Jennifer's new podcast called Room for Two. This podcast features coaching sessions with real clients who are working through issues in their emotional and sexual relationships. You'll get to hear real wisdom from Dr. Finlayson Fife, who is uniquely qualified to help couples who grew up in sexually conservative environments to overcome their relational and sexual roadblocks. The podcast can be downloaded and listened to at any time, making it convenient to access Dr. Finlayson Fife's work and insights. If you want to learn more about this new podcast, follow the link in the show notes below to visit the website and subscribe.
1: Right, because you're saying it was so compelling and so interesting to me that I was staying up all night. And that I did have sexual interest. But because it was so incongruent with your idea of what a good woman is, you were mm-hmm. trying very hard to suppress it and snuff it out. Yes. Which is quite sad, really.
2: Yeah, I'm. There's a little bit of beating myself up for that now.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Okay. But... <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful. You're not getting yourself coming and going. I mean, You probably are a more sensitive soul. You're probably more on the anxious side. And you were, as you say, interpreting a message that a good person sheds herself of pleasures, Mm -hmm. sheds herself of the erotic. Mm -hmm. I think it's a false, patently false message.
2: And I definitely think that my brain knows that, or at least is starting to accept that. It's just rewiring everything that's the difficult
1: part. Hmm. Yeah. So information is always going to be valuable. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say always, but it can be very valuable. But behavior is going to be what changes your mind most. Mm-hmm. Stepping into places where you are anxious, and I'll talk to you about what I mean by that in a second, and trying to settle your mind down you said in your paperwork that you often like rush through foreplay, maybe you said it here as well, but that's kind of an anxiety response. And that's a space where you could do some valuable work, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, but when I say to you, it's a patently false idea, just help me first with when you say you kind of know it cognitively, but you don't know it emotionally. Tell me what your beliefs are. When I say it's a patently false idea, what does that mean to you? Or um
2: That I have misinterpreted it. What you talk about in your courses about, you know, sexuality is God-given and it's a gift, that definitely is a puzzle piece that like sank into the right spot of, okay, that makes a lot more sense. You know, mm-hmm. God gave us our bodies, so why am I so nervous? With it, you know, um, but it is over 20 years of, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of thinking a certain way. And even though I'm realizing that what I interpreted, these feelings are wrong, responding this way is wrong. Not being ashamed or open about that I'm a sexual being is wrong, you know, like,
1: Mm Yes, I don't know if I would say it's wrong. I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to get at. I might say it a little right. differently, which is it's not polite. Mm. Um is another word that comes to mind. Um, to be sexual is not polite.
2: Yeah. It's not mm. polite. It's not um refined. Appropriate. Yeah, it's uh-huh. not um acceptable.
1: Yeah. Definitely not. That's what's so great about it. (laughs) Right. It's like the place where we can almost get in deeper touch with our more primitive selves. And that's part of the gift of it. And I don't mean about, you know, losing your moral anchor or going Mm -hmm. off the deep end. But part of the beauty of intimate love is that there is a place where you don't have to be polite or appropriate, and there is a freedom that has deeper beauty in it, because polite people are perhaps non-offensive, but they aren't real. Right. hmm Yeah. And yeah, so the other idea that comes to mind, Morgan, is that your brain is looking for a kind of safety. And sexuality feels incompatible with it.
2: Yes. Um, that <laughs> that definitely falls in line with a couple of parts of my personality that I very much like control. I like lists. I like steps to follow. And I definitely struggle mm-hmm. with creativity. So mm-hmm. the whole do whatever you want idea and let go and just... Mm-hmm. Um, It's stressful, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a a stressful
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and anxiety-inducing thought Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I would say for people who are enjoying good sex, they also feel in control of themselves. So that is to say the goal is not for you to lose control. Mm -hmm. The goal is to... Create deeper flexibility in which you know you are the driver, so that your sense of control isn't so rigid, mm. isn't so inflexible, doesn't have to control others or control what you expose yourself to or choose. so the goal's not for you to lose control; the uh-huh. goal is to have more context in which you can feel in control of yourself okay. So, someone who's really enjoying full surrender in sex, mm-hmm. paradoxically, suppose it looks like loss of control. And on some level, it's loss of the rigidity and fear. Okay. But not loss of control. That is to say, the person who surrenders is able to hold on to her sense of self in that surrender, trusts that she can make choices for herself choose differently if she needs to continue to be the driver in her life. Mm -hmm. That's what allows her the kind of openness to her spouse.
2: And that's the other (laughs) part that I'm working on, but is the struggle with a sense of self. Mm -hmm. Um, So I Mm. have difficulty feeling comfortable with, I don't even really know that I have anything to be open about. (laughs) with Mm. Harry because, I don't know what that is myself, but mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It sounds like in part of your search for safety, you have been compliant with rules, yeah. very obedient perhaps. But as I said in an earlier podcast, you're kind of living other people's lives because you're yes. responding to those pressures.
2: I'm very much operating on a keep everybody happy and pleased wavelength. Right.
1: Yeah. Which ends up not working because then you think Harry's not pleased because there's no Morgan here. Yeah. It's
2: it's backfiring (laughs) on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so Harry, you might get a little neglected in this meeting. Um, (laughs) And, and that's, and that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Um, there's No question in my mind that there is a way that this intersects with Harry. And maybe it will make sense to have a follow up meeting with you guys so I can focus on Harry more. Um, Tell me, Morgan, what have you worked on so far? I know from your paperwork that you are taking the Art of Desire course. Um, Say a little more. If there's been progress in your mind, what has it been and where are you stuck?
2: There's been progress with regards to. My eyes have been opened a little bit more because before I just had no idea like what the problems Mm -hmm. were, what was going on and everything. So your course so far for me, I've gone through it a few times, but Mm -hmm. um, has just helped me recognize I have been operating in a one down position for the most part. Every once in a while, I feel like Harrison and I have switched Mm -hmm. in that and I've taken the one up as well. I think when I suppressed my sexuality, I also suppressed my overall development Mm -hmm. as far as what I think for myself, what do I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, my own interests and and such. But Mm -hmm. I'm also recognizing a lot of faults within myself. So right now I'm stuck because, well, I'm certainly not happy with all of these things that I'm realizing. But now that I have some of those things at least identified, I don't know what to
1: do. Mm -hmm.
2: I don't know what the action point is to like.
1: Okay, good. All right. So one consideration for you to take up with your counselor is, and maybe you already are on anti-anxiety meds, but some assessment of whether or not it might be helpful for you to mitigate some of the anxiety. I don't know. The way to treat anxiety is to subject your mind to the anxiety-evoking realities until your mind can master that context. And sometimes people use medication to just soften some of that reactivity so that they can step into deeper experience without so much discomfort.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Okay. But first of all, you're doing the right thing. And the kindest thing you can do for yourself right now, or even the most helpful thing is to be kind to yourself in the fact that as you're stepping into greater Mm self-awareness, you're also confronting more self-judgment or more feelings of disappointment in yourself. And that's somewhat normal because you're coming to know what you don't know. Or you're seeing more like, my gosh, like not only have I suppressed my sexuality, I have no sense of self either. And I don't even know where to start to have a sense of self. And so I'm just like kind of flooding in a sense of being flawed when I've been trying so hard to be perfect.
2: Yes, there is a lot of overwhelm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So just know that that's normal and that there's nothing going wrong. And the fact that you're even in it that far is a function of your courage and You want to be as decent to yourself as you can, Mm -hmm. but you will get stronger the more you effortfully focus on any aspect of this challenge. That's just what human beings do when they try. They get stronger. I see my clients do it all the time. I see people who've come to my workshops get stronger, Mm -hmm. get more comfortable with their sexuality, become capable of orgasm. I just watch it happen in people. And it's about putting their mind in the place where they're not yet skilled until their mind sorts it out. So there's a lot of reason to be hopeful that you can develop in to more strength and clarity around this. Um, the muscle that's overworked in you is the compliance muscle and it's anti-erotic.
2: hmm
1: Okay. <laughs> and it's anti-self-development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, compliance has some value in it when it's just about keeping you within the guardrails so you don't go off the cliff. Right. Right. And so there's value in rules and value in structure and value in expectations. Mm-hmm. But if you try to find full safety in compliance, you become dead inside. You kill the light. Right. Because there's this fundamental aspect of human. Happiness that's about developing your uniqueness. So, I think even though you're saying I don't know where to start, I think it would be helpful to start thinking about what are the things that really matter to me or that I care about, but I push aside out of fear, fear of invalidation, fear of failure, uncertainty about whether or not it's the right thing to want or like. Right. Okay. But what are the things that Speak to me that matter to me, even if I think they are insignificant. Okay. Do you have a response to that right away, or is that?
2: Um, I definitely
1: <laughs>
2: time to myself is the first thing mm-hmm. that comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm. So Harry and I have been making an effort for me to have some me time, but um, it's once when I'm there and I'm I'm either out of the house or you know he's taken kids and I have the house to myself is I I'm like, okay, well now I've got it. What do I do with myself? Um, I used to like to read. I know that, um, Mm -hmm. I used to dance a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know that that was definitely a huge outlet for me in my youth. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the things that hold me back from that are an issue of accessibility, you know, and a guilt around spending the money Mm. to take a class or even if it's not even dance or it's an interest in yoga or Mm. something or an art class. Mm. Um, Okay.
1: That's perfect. You don't have to be clear that you're worth it. You just have to act with the understanding that you are. That is to say, your feelings will come second. So an act of really courage is, yeah, I mean, that's one way to say it. It's an act of courage to say, and for me to be able to understand that my thriving is a part of us thriving, I have to do things with faith that allow me to thrive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Invest in the dance class, invest in the yoga class, be uncomfortable enough to go do it. Um mm-hmm. And just be committed to, I don't have to feel it. I do need to do it. So, you know, sometimes I'll say the self-respect is something you do more than something you feel, Mm. right? Just like respecting a child is or loving a child, you know, you do hard things for the benefit of your children, not because you feel like it, but because it's the right thing and the Mm. feelings of love follow behind it if all of us were to wait until we felt we deserved things or we felt you know, we might wait forever. But when you're actually out doing the dance class and you start to feel that freedom in your body again, and you start to feel that sense of being Morgan again, Morgan not as a mother, not Morgan as a wife, not Morgan as a compliant person, but Morgan, that when you come home and you're happier to be with your family, Mm -hmm. You start getting a testimony, so to speak, of the truth of investing in your own well-being, not at the expense of others, but to your shared thriving. Because that's Mm -hmm. you not thriving is costing your family. Right. Not just you. It costs you for sure. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I I definitely know it costs my family as well. I've been witness to that. mm Mm-hmm. And so it's an act of courage to operate in the faith that it's in fact true that all are alike unto God, that you are worthy of pleasure as much as Harry is, that you're worthy of thriving as much as your children are. And I, of course, don't mean neglecting responsibilities or being indulgent, right? But about how do we all find a way to belong to ourselves? And be kind and fair to one another. Balance. Right. Balance exactly is part of it. But it's also about just managing that tension wisely without the safety of Morgan never gets it. Mm -hmm. Morgan never gets to thrive. We never invest resources into her. We don't invest sexual time or pleasure with her. There's a safety in that. It's a way for you to get out of the spotlight. There's a way to hide in never letting it be about you, but it's not an act of goodness. It's an act of fear. Right. So just tell me kind of where that's landing with you before I shift to the sexual relationship.
2: It makes sense. A thought that comes to mind is I see myself also struggling with, okay, well then I'm going to feel guilty if I'm doing it and Harry isn't doing it too.
1: Hmm. Fine. That's okay. <laughs> just plan on it, right? So I would say, okay, okay, self, um, I'm gonna probably feel guilty, which okay. is my regressed mind taking over. Okay. And it's about me trying to get out of the place that I am uncomfortable being, which is just receiving. And so yeah, the guilty feelings will come, not because I'm doing something harmful, but because I'm anxious about being same as. Uh-huh.: So I think it's helpful to kind of recognize it as more regressive than a response to a moral failure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, when my mind was together, I already understood this was not about taking from Harry. This was about expanding my ability to receive, whether that's sexually or receive in terms of family resources. And my mind is not accustomed to being here. So, yes, my mind is going to do its old thing and I'm just going to breathe it down. (laughs) Right. And just kind of know it's doing that to me. You know, I've certainly done this with myself. I'm hijacked. My brain is doing this (laughs) thing. I'm kind of out of my mind a little bit. But, just even saying to myself, I will get clear, just kind of tolerate it, and my mind will work itself out. This isn't reality, even though I can't get a hold of reality right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: almost like a active in the moment meditation.
1: Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Just sort of knowing your mind is doing something to you. awareness yeah. Yeah, and it can give you some distance from it. Mm -hmm. And also give you some purpose in it. Human beings can handle a lot of discomfort and anxieties, especially when they give that meaning to the discomfort. So I'm feeling these feelings because I did something courageous, because I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. This is the path to getting stronger. Nothing's going wrong. Yeah. Courageous people do things that induce their guilt. (laughs) When they're always right. chronically one down and perfectionistic, that is right. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm doing this out of courage and I'll go on a walk and uh, pray for clarity, is one strategy. Okay. Do you feel ready to just sort of bring this into the sexual realm? I don't want to kind of overwhelm yeah. you with. Yeah. Okay. No,
2: certainly. That is I'm just going a little faster here. pace
1: than I might go in a normal session, but. Um, let me just check in with you, Harry, for a minute. Is there anything, Harry, that you would like to say or that I see you nodding and so on? But Yeah, some of it is, you know, realizations that we've already had. Some of it is realizations um, of maybe things that I could incorporate within myself as well. I mean, I, I think you guys kind of already touched on it. The notes I've made just kind of about Morgan's personality is, you know, definitely the perfectionistic, perfectionism tendencies um you know very hard on ourselves sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, yeah very kind of letter of the law and i think it's yeah there are things you guys already touched on but it's just kind of a i just add again i guess what i see as well Mm -hmm. yeah it's just helpful to you to kind of um see that that's a challenge of morgan's and um and i think it can be a real kindness to say your guilt is your hijacked mind. Mm. I want to give to you, right? So Harry, that's like a way of just like, I can see more clearly than you can right now. (laughs) And this is the reality. And I'm sorry, you're beating yourself up, but I see a courageous woman. I don't see a woman who should feel guilty, right? So that kind of clarity when she's regressed can be very helpful because it gives her a way to work with her own regressive movement. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an anchor in the storm. Yeah. And that's not you managing her sense of self, but you saying, this is what I see. And it gives her more ability to kind of settle her own mind on what's true, Mm -hmm. not what feels familiar. Mm -hmm. So um, Morgan, tell me a little bit about I'm sure it's in the same vein, but when you're rushing to intercourse, um, tell me about that. Why are you rushing? What are you trying to get away from? Um, I'm not,
2: there's a lot of discomfort, not physically, but discomfort within myself. Um, just have all attention, all eyes on me, um, Mm. and not be able to engage Myself, just be there, lay there, open for all. You know, um,
1: how many people are there? <laughs> just, well, I'm just teasing. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know it's just kind of funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> um,
0: but
2: um, in addition to that, there's an underlying frustration because I get bored. I haven't experienced pleasure when Mm -hmm. the focus is just on me. Um, And I don't want that to come across as that's all on Harry, you know, or Mm -hmm. anything, but I feel like my body doesn't respond. And so Mm -hmm. when I get bored and I'm like, okay, well, how long Mm -hmm. am I going to be laying here on the bed? There are so many other things that I could be doing that would be more interesting right now than this. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I know that Harry would like to experience some pleasure and he wants to feel connected with me. So I will give him that. And then.
1: Right. But you're also, I think saying I'm not really actually able to give him that connection if that's really the right, right. understanding of what he wants, because you're checked out. Right. You're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So I think that where I would start in the many. Clarifying things you just said is that, you know, really, you aren't really showing the struggle. I mean, I think as you're trying to rush through foreplay, I think what you're trying to get to is the end goal to have this exposing experience end. Yeah. The foreplay feels exposing. And, you know, there's a stereotype out there that women love foreplay. Well, I know a lot of women who do not love it. They are trying to get past it because it's too intimate.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Intercourse is actually less intimate often. Yeah. And, or at least close to the end. And so, and so, um, if you feel like who I am is not enough, then you don't want to be experienced. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways you can work with yourself is not about, I should be having pleasure. So one of the reasons why I think you're bored is because you're not receiving, you just feel the anxiety of not being able to control how you're experienced or known. Right. And your mind wants to get out and get busy and get control over all the things you know how to get control over. Right. And, you know, yes, you may be bored, but I think more you're anxious, overwhelmed, and you want to be where you feel more in control.
2: Yeah, that sounds accurate. <laughs>
1: And then, also in that mindset, the ability to receive pleasure is almost nil. Like, you're not in a mindset in which you can actually integrate physical pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. When you were reading the romance novels,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, you're even kind of sneaking it, you're breaking the rules to look at it or to read it. And there is a sense of you getting something you Mm -hmm. being the actor and the chooser and so it felt good right now you'd come in and beat yourself up and say what a horrible human being I am although I would say what kind of human being you are is that you were a normal human being and you were curious and you liked the excitement and the aliveness of sexuality which makes you just a very normal good human being not shameful not indulgent not in need of repentance. Mm-hmm. Right. You you could have like made a decision like, hey, I'm not gonna do this now because I need to get sleep, and there's other more important things developmentally right. that I could be working on. But this is not like the shameful atonement right. necessary kind of, you know, behavior, right? Right. That one punishes herself for life over. Um it's just an expression of your feminine erotic capacity. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. So what I think would be valuable for you is to think about, okay, again, Harry sees me better than I see me for my beauty and my desirability. And I feel that rather vacant or insufficient, but he actually I'm assuming this is true, Harry, but you can fill me in if I'm getting this wrong. But he sees me as desirable and he's not crazy. Oh, just for the audience, Harry is nodding <laughs> emphatically. Okay. So once again, that incongruity is about where my mind goes, not about what's true. Right. Okay. Okay. So my goal isn't going to necessarily be ecstatic pleasure, although ultimately I want to be able to be relaxed enough and settled enough within myself that I can get back to what I'm natively capable of. Right. Right now, my goal is to just see if I can calm down. Yeah. And just be here in my body and with Harry. And that's not a small thing. I'm not saying it like, you know,
2: no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's, <laughs> uh,
1: uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. but the more you learn to settle down and when the, you add that physical component, it actually is a very powerful way to start reworking your map of your own self. Okay. Because when you're out of your mind to use that language, you can't see what's real. I'm using the language of regressed and out of your mind. It's sort of the same thing. It's like when you get kind of limbic, you're not able to see what's real.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: A lot of times when we're in that state, we think we know precisely what's going down and we're out of our minds. Yeah. Okay. So again, being able to say like, I get so anxious and perfectionistic that I think I know what's real, that I'm unworthy, that I'm not desirable, that I'm insufficient, that everybody you know, is sitting here looking at me um, and in judgment when the truth is I'm much more okay than my mind can get its head around right now.
2: Right. Talking myself down.
1: Yeah. So my goal is to just calm down and let Harry be with me. To access
0: the rest of this episode and more coaching sessions like this one, visit the link to the website in the show notes below. There you can learn more about the podcast and subscribe to it. Become an annual subscriber today. Annual subscribers receive exclusive benefits that you can't get anywhere else, including an opportunity for a free coaching call with Dr. Finlayson Fife, priority access to her live events, a free 30-minute e-course on creating a better sex life, and bonus content, such as episodes and Facebook Lives. We are so excited about launching Room for Two and giving you access to more of Dr. Fife's wisdom and insight. We hope that you'll subscribe, listen, and gain value from the episodes. Thanks. Have a great week.